You are listening to Rouge, White and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Welcome to the Rouge, White and Blue CFL Podcast. My name is Oz Davis. I'll be the co-host of the show, as always. And as always, joining me is Joe Pritchard. Joe, how has your week been? Better than Trevor Harris's? You know, I spent a lot of time last week when we talked, raining on your Alouette's parade. <laughs> I don't think I did it enough, did I? You didn't need to. <laughs> that was the thing. You know, I mean, the credo has, let's just get right into it. I mean, it started the week with Ottawa Red Likes 38 at Montreal Alouette's 24th. Good enough to win you a playoff game has been the credo on this show. Good enough to lose to the ninth place team in the CFL. How about that? How about that? You know, I mean, honestly, look, look, all that confidence, all that goodwill, all that, you know, short term, I should say, like medium term memory loss about sins past, just gone, just gone. By the time, you know, He's he's getting strip sacked and, and it turns into a fumbled six, you know, which is like halfway through the second quarter. That was it. You know, I do this game. I do this with you a lot, Joe. When did you know this game was over? I knew it was over. I knew it was over. I mean, OK, I kind of had a hope that they might win, but I knew they weren't going to cover the five and a half, you know, which was the point spread, which they really should have. I mean, they should be a touchdown better than the Red Blacks. In this game, they're two touchdowns worse. I mean, going into this game, going into this game, Ottawa Red Blacks had average 19.2 points per game. Okay, now just real quick, rough calculation. That means they scored twice as many points in this game as they had been all season. Now, come on. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I guess I can't just put it on Trevor Harris. Difficult not to, but again, this defense gave up what? Let's say 31 points or so defense and special teams to these guys because of the, the return touchdown. I mean, now, now Ottawa is one game back of Montreal. And as an Alouettes fan, the only positive takeaway from Labor Day weekend was how badly the Ticats got spanked. You know, I mean, like, what did you do with this game, Joe? So the race for second place in the East is going to be a turtle derby, isn't it? (laughs) It's going to be the escargot race. No, escargot sprint 2022. Um, Is it a race? Is it a race or... Let's go right into this. Was it a, is it a race or was Toronto Argonauts 28, Hamilton Tiger Cats 8 enough of a beat down to, to, to be a real reality check for Hamilton? I would say so. I mean, Hamilton's owned Labor Day, much like the Riders used to own Labor Day. <laughs> and then they put that performance on the field. Sure, they're down two quarterbacks basically at this point, but Labor Day is the day that the records don't matter. Who starts at quarterback doesn't matter. 
uh, Riders fans are quick to remind Bomber fans of that. Uh, and they just didn't show up in the second half. Like Hamilton played a the exact game they needed to play in the first half to make it a game, and they couldn't follow through in the second. Yes, the <laughs> inclement weather is a real uh, leveler, and so eight eight at half. In fact, Toronto left some opportunities on the field going into that going into that half. Right? I mean, uh, uh, you know, the uh, commentators the commentators were saying, "Oh yeah, Hamilton's got to be happy. The score is eight eight. I mean, it could very well be like 28-8 at halftime. Not quite that high, but uh, Toronto did leave some points out there. Uh, we'll come back to this game in just a second. But you say it's a race for second place. So what, is Ottawa in this thing now? Yes. Really? Okay. So There's we're supposed actually, to believe in no Nick Arbuckle. doubt about that. Well... Look at the results so far. I, I'm not going to say let's ride Nick Arbuckle all the way to the Great Cup, but since they put Nick Arbuckle in as a starter, two victories against eh, well the at the Elks and two road victories. Uh, road victories aren't exactly an easy thing to do. Uh, not that the opponents have been all that imposing, but they're but um, it's he took Ottawa, this team that started one and eight. And went through quarterbacks like crazy early on and took them to two straight road wins. They're three and eight. They're tied for third at this point. Uh, matter of fact, well, by points, they're tied for third. And by percentage, they're in third all alone. They're one game back of Montreal. Have they even have they played Montreal before this? Yes, they played one, two. They have two more against Montreal. They could very easily have a mini hot streak, which in the East means they go 500 the rest of the way, probably <laughs> finish like seven and 11 or six and 12 and still finish second. Hmm. Okay. This Montreal game and this race in the East are why it doesn't pay to be a fan. Just want to get that out there. And again, to, to, to actually forgive Trevor Harris. And then he like, you know, kicks you in the spiritual groin again. <laughs> I mean, like, again, like, like I, I don't want to belabor the point, but, but it's we're days out, days out, five days out from this thing. And I'm still obsessed. And like, what was he doing? But it was like a free for all out there. It was like he was he was channeling Vernon Adams out there, and he doesn't have the arm that Vernon Adams have. You know I, what? He can't carry the ball like Vernon Adams does. Ugh. Anyway, okay. So Toronto, I felt kind of took care of business. They win this nutty four game series three to one against the Ticats. Um, they they left some opportunities on the field in the first half, but I think they kind of took advantage in the second half when the weather was a bit improved. Um, these This team has been real hard to gauge all season. 
this game, I just want to give a couple of shout outs. Brandon Banks, tremendous performance. You know, here's here's a guy, his bread and butter, right? For half a decade has been this game on this weekend. Uh, he's had tremendous performances in this game. In this game, scores two touchdowns, one technically a running touchdown of four yards. The other uh, pretty convincing uh, passing TD, leading receiver for the Argos in this game. But the real beast, again, was Jamal Peters. Very nice. Two interceptions. His fourth and fifth in the last two games. His fifth and sixth on the season. And he's only played 10 games this year. So just real nice that, that I don't know, I felt like the undisputed player of this game was the defensive guy. And probably even last. Oh, last no game. doubt. No doubt. So, so nice, nice for that to happen. But uh based on this game last game even are the argos a good team yet they're the only team in the east that can even claim being an average team they're actually above 500 and i don't see any reason why that changes okay uh, for they're the only team i can look at out of coming out of the East for the Grey Cup because I don't see a crossover team winning two in a row. Oh, I don't see any of the other Eastern teams oh, winning two in a row. Toronto's almost got... If they keep playing like they're capable of, they are going to run away with this now. They're two up over Montreal, and we've seen that Montreal is... Mediocre, mediocre with delusions of adequacy at times. And none of the other two teams are going to scare anybody either. So uh, if I'm going to pencil anybody in for the Grey Cup in Regina this year, right now, it's Toronto. The defense in Montreal is not that bad. I stand by this, Okay. Look, in this last game, Lewis Ward was four, five for five. Ho-hum. You know, you can also factor in a couple of rouges, and there was the fumble six. Okay? So a lot of this scoring was not their fault. Plus, they're starting from a short field twice. <laughs> you know, so... Montreal's not winning two in a row against anybody. I don't care who they are. Okay. Okay, fair enough. But... Well... Not in November. I mean, mediocrity of delusions of adequacy. See, see, it doesn't pay to be a fan, Joe. I got to sit here and take this from you. Got to sit here and take this from you. In part because Winnipeg Blue Bombers 20, Saskatchewan Rough Riders 18. Um, okay. Okay. So let's start with this. We'll do some ranting about the Riders and even their fans. In a couple of minutes here, but first, you're a big believer in the whole Labor Day thing, you know, in the in the in the voodoo of Labor Day and whatever. Okay. The first quarter agrees with you and me on that. Okay. Scale of one to ten. What was your maximum like like height of concern and when was it? First drive went was a nice one for the riders. The bombers go like two and out and go back down the field. 
then they get the ball back and go down the field again. And really the biggest concern at that point is let's just not make it a three-score game in the first quarter. Once that didn't happen, I knew we were okay. Yeah, we were at least still there. We still had another drive or two before the things might go off the rails. Mm -hmm. And then from from 14-0, the Bombers had a very nice drive, scored a touchdown. Okay. This is a football game now. This is Labor Day, the Labor Day slow start slash writer fan slash it's Labor Day voodoo crap is out the window. We know how to play football. We're down only seven. And we have the fourth quarter coming up still. So game on. Let's go. As a better, I did the dumb thing and and I played the money line on the riders, hoping uh, they might. He'll pull out the magic on the Labor Day. Uh, no, I'm big not deal. even going to apologize to you no for big that deal. loss. No, of course not. Of course mm-hmm. not. No big deal. I do gamble responsibly. Uh, so not a big deal there. Uh, I was, again, of course, much more disturbed with the Riders' play than you know losing this very small bet. Um, as a as an underdog, so let's they put played it a solid first. They played as good of a first half as they could have. They played a very good first half. Okay, okay, okay. But I've said this many, many times. I've been doing podcasting for years. I've been doing this podcast for years, football podcasting for years. I've said this many, many times. Any professional team, even most high-level college teams, probably even in Canada, can put together one or two good drives to start a game. Any pro team can do that. Honestly, look, Jared Goff was my quarterback for several years. (laughs) I'll do that again. Jared Goff was my quarterback of my NFL team for several years, okay? I know this is possible. Okay, anybody can come out of the locker room or starting the game and put together a good drive. Okay, I, I'm not impressed when anybody does that. I mean, yeah, it was nice to see the riders execute. This is what this offense is capable of. And really, that's what your first drive should be in a close game. In any case, um, okay, so I, wa- I just wanted to touch on this real quick. <laughs> I made the mistake of, of going on Twitter. Uh, as the riders were going down and a, a lot of very odd, I don't know if it's excuse making, just kind of grousing uh, by the riders fans in this game. I mean, stop me if you've heard this before. Right. But um, some fans wanted to blame the referees, even though, even though the most egregious non-call is, of course, Garrett Marino uh, knocking over Zach Caleros. And as we learned just a couple of hours before we're recording this, he's actually been cut by the riders uh, for this. It was never called in the game or anything. He's probably looking at another suspension, having hit uh, Caleros late hit earlier. In the well, season. here's the, and here's the only thing I'm going to say about that. That's the only time I noticed Garrett Marino on the field the whole game. How about it? How so about it? When the when the talent level isn't sufficient to 
put, to make the team put up with the crap anymore. Yeah. It's an easy decision at that yeah. point. Uh, and so in any case, I mean, it's pretty ridiculous to be blaming the referees, but you know, some fans will default to that. And I even saw a thread or two blaming Duke Williams. Uh, I saw one post that had, you know, here's, here's the MVP for the, here's the, here's the most outstanding player of the game for the Bombers. So picture Duke Williams. Now, as other people going, I hope when he comes back from suspension that they sit him on the bench all year. Da, 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 da. And you know what? I mean, I thought that was a pretty ridiculous argument because what I saw, Joe, and, and, and I don't know, you know, my eyesight isn't very good. So correct me if I'm wrong here. But what I saw was a team that got out to a 14 to nothing lead and went 20 to four the rest of the way, just like the 2022 Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Did I not see and that? Every, and every chance they had to keep to keep momentum later in the game, they'd find a way to do something dumb and take it away from themselves. <laughs> Whether it was Duke Williams taking a penalty on the sidelines, or Jason Moss forgetting Frankie Hickson existed, you know, because he spent yeah! the whole first half burning, like slamming through bomber tackles. It was minimum three de- three defenders to hit him before he goes down oh, he yeah. had a fantastic game yeah. and i'm sitting here going don't give it to him please jason <laughs> keep throwing the ball i was like i had him on my fantasy team i saw those first couple of runs i'm like yeah 200 yards baby here we come nope nope no, no, don't go with the hot hand and and worked and, out and, for and... me my fantasy opponent had him <laughs> Well, I got 4.8 out of them. <laughs> In any case. Um, so again, continuing, continuing with this nightmare of a weekend for Alouettes fans. Ticats fans too, I guess. At this point, it's starting to look at like, not only are the riders going to cross over, they're going to be able to cross over with a losing freaking record. I mean, this is so irritating. <laughs> and I was thinking today, I was thinking today, I actually have the solution. What they should do is that I know this would never fly because you lose a game. But I think that if that sixth team, even if it's not a crossover, if that sixth team has a losing record, I think you should just go to five teams. Well, then you guarantee that. Because- Sixteen, the sixteen and a nineteen league is probably going to have a losing record. <clears throat> it's actually probably okay, pretty rare right. when it wouldn't. All right, let me modify that then and say if that sixteen crosses over and has a losing record, I think then you, you just, just wipe go, it out. Yeah, yeah, you just can, go four or five. That your first argument. Week. You just go four or five that first week. That's it, and then it makes up in the division that doesn't have a team anymore. You know, based on one, two, three. That's it. You know, and I mean, really, my, my main my main motivation here is the 2022 riders. You know, I just don't want them to be playing in the playoffs. On the other hand, what could be an even worse scenario for the Alouettes is, you know, Vernon Adams only figures out stuff by the end of the year. BC crosses over and then knocks Montreal out in that first game. That's, that's what we need in Montreal. See, this is what this weekend has done to me. 
as, as an Alouettes fan. Man, this was bad. Man, this was brutal. Okay, this game wasn't too, too bad um, for us Owls fans. It's about the only one that didn't have an effect on our situation this season. Calgary Stampeders 26, Edmonton Elks 18. I was talking to Joe about this before the game. Uh, this is the trap of betting NFL, uh, NFL, of betting CFL football especially, is uh, – this looked a lot like a two touchdown game, like the 12 and a half point spread should have indicated, but scoreboard doesn't indicate. So agree. Yeah. Especially once uh, Jake Mayer found it, found his rhythm in the second half. Yeah. Really the first half was the first time I saw him not play really, really well mm-hmm. in all of his time in the CFL. And it was bound to happen. It happened to it happened to be on a very very visible game that it happened, but everybody's going to have learning pains at some point or another, and he's had very few. So it was going to happen. Came back in the second half like hardly anything had happened, and managed to turn it around and look pretty good the rest of the way. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That third quarter, I mean, okay, so so Edmund uh, Calgary comes out there and just puts up a fifteen to three. You know, a blocked punt, you know, two touchdown passes to Reggie Bagleton. I've, I've got the stats right here. Jake Meyer in that third quarter was seven of eight for 58 yards, and two touchdowns, both to Reggie Bagleton. That sounds like a Stampeders third quarter. And I mean, it's cut. Sorry, go ahead. And it's been that way for like a decade at this point. Right, right. So this is really good news for Stamps fans. Um, really, really too bad. I mean, not, not just for betting's sake, but really too bad that the score looks like this because you just walk away from that thing thinking that the Stamps, you know, they're just able to flick the switch. <laughs> you know, just turn it on. Okay. They got out. They got a nice safe lead. They know the Eskimos aren't going to come back. Uh, the, wow. They know the Elks aren't going to make this much of a comeback in the fourth quarter. So there you go. Done. Done. Really nice job by the Stamps. Um, I understand, Joe. I don't know. Maybe you know somebody who might be able to help you out with this. I understand that you missed the live broadcast of the game. And so so you watch the replay on ESPN Plus, right? Mm-hmm. I assume so. Okay. And of course, on that, they had cut out all the halftime stuff, right? Yeah. Either that or I just skip, skip, skip. Okay. Ooh. Here's game again. Ooh. Well, I'll tell you what. The real highlight, well, one of the real highlights of this game was at the half when Matt Dunnigan and friend of the show, Milt Stiegel, really threw down they were they were going at it like Shaq and barkley on on tnt nba halftime show it was awesome uh poor matt dunnigan i don't perhaps prompted by the producer no i think once he was prompted once he was he was on his own had a couple of indefensible positions that milt just wasn't having any of and then finally, like Milt wouldn't back down on his prediction that Hamilton was still going to finish second in the East. Wouldn't back down on this prediction. 
And so he finally went to, oh, yeah, well, who here has a championship? You know, this kind of thing. And he's like, yeah, that's right. I went there. And Stiegel came back with, oh, yeah, well, who's in the Hall of Fame? It was amazing. It was amazing. They were totally getting out of hand. And then, of course, you know, the other two on the shore, like doing this on the side. It was something, dude. I'm sorry. If if you've got any friends in Canada that, that might have like the tape or they can show you the feed on TSN or something, you gotta see. It. Oh, I'm it sure it's wild. on YouTube at this point. Oh, it was wild. I did I didn't think to look for it on YouTube. Maybe if I find it on YouTube, I'll sample it into the show because it was something, man. I've never seen anything like that on a CFL show. They they really were going at it. They kind of lost. <laughs> milt milt kind of lost his cool there a little bit uh okay so oh and i just wanted to say too on this note i've been meaning to say this on every show in my opinion i have really really enjoyed most of the of the play-by-play and the color commentating in these games i have really enjoyed the energy there um, I've really wanted to give a shout out to the newer guys like Dustin Nielsen and Farhan Laiji, sort of new voices in there, but really, you know, bringing a lot of excitement to the game, really, you know, keeping, keeping the, the sound moving, not mangling the English language too much. Uh, Dwayne Ford has been absolutely outstanding this season as well funny and insightful and really picking out some nice aspects that you might not otherwise see really nice job tsn um i there's a there's there's one particular team with a couple of older guys that i think is kind of needs to re-step up their game a little bit but but i'm focusing on the positive here a little bit really nice job by tsn this year like what those guys have been doing any 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 take either way on this one, Drew? Oh, I completely agree. Uh, and and I really don't have a whole lot to add to what you had to say, but uh, our friend over at Chewing Out, Travis, uh, had uh, Glenn Suter on last week. Oh, nice. And he was and at points. Uh, he would go into some of the uh, difficulties that you have when you're broadcasting live. It's definitely worth a listen. You have a newfound respect for what these guys do. Oh. I'm sure you're just, you know, anybody listening to the show will do what I, even I will do from time to time going, what are you talking about? That's not what it looks like. You're completely missing what's what's in front of you. Like, we think we know better than these guys that have been that do this every day for a living. Right. Because we're that smart. Guilty. I'll <laughs> every so often I'll have that thought. But him going through the process of how how our replay comes up and how he has and how uh, they react to it is really insightful and it's something I knew in the back of my mind but it was really nice to, to put in my in the forefront and it made it made me listening this it gave me a chance to listen this week uh, to the commentary with a little bit more of a just an open mind about uh, how they get from point A to point B sometimes it's really it was really good listen on that front too. The, th- the thing that always blows me away is just taking the instructions. I did this once. I auditioned for this for this gig where um, it was more or less an infomercial, 
right? Where I'm just talking and talking and plug it away and whatever. And then every so often the producers would come on and I'm supposed to just keep going while they're giving me information, right? But I could not do it. No, that would be the, the, that would be the thing that would stop me. Yep. Right. And that's Doing the key two skill. things at once like that. Right. That's the intangible. That's the one thing that some people can do and some people can't. You know, translators, it's the same thing. You've got to be able to process that without stopping. <laughs> you know, it's just like, nope, not for me. I can't do that. I would not be a good play-by-play -play guy. I might like to I might like to take a shot at the halftime show though. That would be fun. I could do well, it depends. Are you, um, what kind of credentials do you have to stand up to Matt Dunnigan and Milt Stiegel when they well, I mean, come, you? Come on. Come on. On the job training. On the job training. Sure, I got to sure. get my reps. I got to get my reps. But I mean, that would be fun to do. That would be fun to do. Just have a script and, you know, just, you know, have talking points like this show. Have your talking points, you know, know what you want to touch on, whatnot. Uh, I think it would be fun. And then do it and then do what we do, except do it in like five second sound bites. Oh, yeah, sure. Except do it like well. Uh, <laughs> Playoff scenario. Also fair. Also fair. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but. I really don't like self-denigrating humor too much, but it's good to keep egos in check here. You can't mention Oz Davis and Matt Dunnigan in the same sentence. If we're talking about CFL analysis. Playoff scenarios. The official website of the league, CFL.ca, has not posted any for this week's game so far. But, Joe, you're a big fan of playoff scenarios, so correct me if I'm wrong. Because I went through it, I looked at the numbers on this, and I believe that Winnipeg would clinch at least a third place this week if they beat Saskatchewan. Right? Mm, let's see. So Saskatchewan's played 12. Winnipeg's played 12. Yes, absolutely. That would right. absolutely happen. Because right. they'd that... be 12 and 1, could finish no less than 12 and 6. Right. Saskatchewan would be six and seven, could finish no better than 11 and seven. And at that point, the tiebreaker is meaningless because they can't tie. Uh, right. And then, right. Okay. yeah, nobody in the East would be able to. Yeah, no. Even in, <laughs> even in the most weird scenario, there would be no, absolutely no way. So, yes, they would clinch third place in the West minimum. And then as soon as Calgary would hit six losses, if they ever do, they would clinch at least second. Right. Right. And but that can't all happen likelihood this first. Week. Right. Right. Now that's... In all likelihood, yes. But yeah. we're talking about anything can happen when we're talking about these scenarios. Right. So right. Yes, that would absolutely put Winnipeg in third. They would stay in the West. If they win Banjo Bowl. They're in the West playoffs. End of story. Right. Long story short. Right. Right. Oh, good. Well, I'm just going to pat myself on the back then for figuring that yep, one out. You called that. You got that one right. Yeah. CFL. Um, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't see, see any uh, other. Yeah. There's nothing else that can clinch. You can't even, I guess, the, soon. Will be in theory, in theory, right? In theory, every other team can make the playoffs. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's nobody eliminated mm -hmm. in theory, which means that team gets hot, catches whoever's in front of them. That's still <laughs> mathematically possible. 
uh, Edmonton's battling some serious mathematics there. <laughs> to make that and, and also, it's still mathematically possible for every team to finish 500. Yeah. <laughs> wow. If your team, if the Bombers Each finish... individual team could finish 500. <laughs> right. If the Bombers finish 500... You have no chance in the playoffs <laughs> because that would be a breathtaking losing streak. That would be almost as remarkable as this run that they've been on these past. Yeah, actually, years. you know what? I I am I am you. You pointed out the one flaw in what I just said. The only team that can't finish five hundred is the Bombers because they're already right clinched to be over five hundred. Everybody okay. else. That's what I can thought. Achieve five hundred. Right. Achieve. <laughs> Okay. I mean, for the East, that's saying a lot, right? Come on, man. Why are you doing this to me? Why, why, why do you keep bringing that shit up? All right. Here we go. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Here, let me let me turn the other side here. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. We start the week. Now, now, yeah. Montreal could still finish 11 and 7. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, except this week. It's the return of Vernon Adams to a starting quarterback drop to Montreal, to the field. BC Lions at Montreal Alouettes. The lines on these games, the point spreads on these games are not out as we record this on Tuesday the 6th. I guess they're going to back up the release of these lines one more day now that we have no more Thursday games. Uh, So I don't know the line. Uh, to me, this is the potential for the nightmare to continue for Montreal fans. I mean, we don't even get the time zone thing because the game is going to start at 7.30 local time. We don't even get that. Um, man, I don't know. I don't know. I really would like to pick the owls here just based on the unfamiliarity of the offense to Vernon, but they uh, have so many receivers there that they're going to cover a lot of mistakes. They're going to cover a lot of gunslinging, even if Vernon is at his outrageous best. So I guess I have to take the Lions winning this game. I think this will probably be a real high-scoring game. Could be within a touchdown. But, yeah, I guess I got to go to Lions, which is quite an outrageous pick. But In two weeks, I'd agree with you, but... I want to see. I want to see BC have some sort of offensive success at, at post Nathan Rourke. I know their defense is good. Montreal's defense is also good from time to time. I mean, it's it, it consistency might be lacking, but they have the ability to shut down even the best offenses in the league when they're when they're feeling like it, right? So I'm going to go Montreal. Yeah, a lot. I want to see. I want to see. And in two weeks late, two weeks late later, Vernon's got a couple snaps under his belt. He's seen what his receivers do. He's gotten a little bit more used to what's going on. Not the first week. I feel a little bit less inclined to say, "Yeah, he'll he'll get it all together in like what." seven to 10 days. I forget exactly when the trade was pulled off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, he got 10 days, I believe. 
if not a little, maybe even 11. Um, yeah, a lot of this pick. No, is... all, all I'm asking is for just to see it, just to see the slightest bit of success before I go ahead and hop on that. Bad of course, quite yet. of course, that's the smarter way to bet this game. The, the smartest way to bet this game is not at all. I, is I would, leave it the hell alone. Yeah, I wouldn't really <laughs> touch this one. I wouldn't really no. touch this one. And my pick is is a lot based on just, you know, depression, just heartbreak. man. Yeah, you know, so so completely subjective pick. Not a very good pick by me. So don't take my word for it. Take Joe's word for it. He's, he's got a better opinion anyway. All right. Toronto Argonauts. Well, sometimes. <laughs> Toronto Argonauts at Ottawa Red Blacks. Not too often can we say we have a meeting of two Eastern teams who are coming off a win. But see, see, I did it for you that time, Joe. But of course, they both played Eastern teams. And there it is again. Uh, but here we are, Toronto at Ottawa. I guess this, I mean, I kind of. This is a question of which team was for real last week. Maybe. Do, do we really believe the Argos can put together three different games in a row? Yes, but do we believe that Ottawa can put together three decent games in a row? Yes, either? that's true. And that's Ottawa true. can't win at home for some reason. <laughs> um, the, the main problem I have with picking Toronto in this game would make it what so that would be and i think i'm gonna win is five games out of six where the visiting team wins so that's kind of not much to hang your hat on yeah you know what i picked toronto at the beginning of the season i think maybe they're kind of realizing their potential here so yeah i'll just i'll just go to the talent i'll take toronto i'll do that because Ottawa has trouble winning at home. Okay. Either one of the, one of these two teams is going to lay an egg in this game, and it's going to be ugly, and it's going to be the other team's going to run away with it before the other team puts up a couple garbage time touchdowns late, just to make the score look like it's going to be. I just, I don't exactly know who it's going to be, but I would say the odds are better that Toronto's the team that comes out on top. Although I do have to say I do like Nick Arbuckle seeming to settle in and at least giving. Ottawa a chance because they didn't have a chance after Jeremiah Mazzoli. Okay. So now they at least have chances in each of these games and you could pile up a few of these at the end of the year and maybe even sneak into the playoffs. I just don't think it's this one. So this is not the banjo bowl. This is the regression bowl. According to Joe, here is the banjo bowl riders at bombers. Um, Hang on just a sec. Conserve energy now to protect public health and safety. Extreme heat is straining the state energy grid. Powering oh my God. Take action. Turn off or reduce non-essential. Wow. Turn off your electric items right now. That's what that was. We're going to lose our fucking power here in California. This is gonna suck. This is it's been like a hundred for a week and a half now. This is gonna suck. All right. Anyway, so banjo bull. We are an essential service, aren't we? (laughs) Yeah, right. 
Riders at Bombers. All right. This is getting kind of silly. It's getting kind of silly picking these freaking Bombers games, expecting a logical loss, expecting, you know, the eh, this weird one-off where we get blown out, you know, just everything goes wrong all at once, regression kind of thing. But this this is just getting silly. I mean, how can you ever pick against this team? Here's the rest of the schedule. This game. Here, here, so you don't. And then you just take the L when it shows up and move on. I guess. I guess. Yeah. I guess. I mean, because here's here's the rest of the schedule. Uh, this game. At Hamilton. Bye. <laughs> versus Saskatchewan. Versus Edmonton. At BC. Bye. Versus BC. So what I heard as a bomber fan was bye bye, <laughs> Hamilton bye. No, I'm kidding. Bye bye Saskatchewan. <laughs> Saskatchewan's actually, you know, they they played pretty dang well last week. They made the critical mistakes because Winnipeg tends not to do that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think if it's gonna come. I mean, really, seriously, it's again, it's silly trying to do this. But again, I think it's going to come with one of those BC games at the end. But still, we're now seriously talking about a 16 and two regular season. Really? Can that really happen? It's happened once. You want to ask Superfan Mike how that turned out? Okay. Realistically speaking. It's gonna be at least fifteen and three, right? I'll sign up for that. Okay. Okay. If you handed that to me right now and said that's how it's gonna be, I'd I'd be fine. Great. It's tough to imagine more than two more losses. It's real tough to imagine that. Okay. What about it? All right. I'll say Winnipeg until they lose. Right, Joe? Do you are you super confident? Okay. How much do you think they're gonna win by? (laughs) <laughs> it depends. Does Saskatchewan have the same motor behind them as they did last week? Are they pissed off that they let one get away? Or do they just or does Winnipeg get out to the early lead and it just falls falls completely apart? Those are the two options for this game. It's either going to be another last week where it's tight, the fourth quarter is tense, or if Winnipeg's a team that gets out to the 14 nothing lead and has the ball a bunch in the first quarter, this could spiral out of control really quickly. Because I believe Winnipeg's coaching staff won't let a game like that spiral. Last week was proof. But I don't have the same belief that the Saskatchewan head coaching staff can keep it all together in that situation. Full stop! Can't keep it together, full stop. You know, I mean, here's a wild theory. Maybe one of the reasons why the riders are below 500 is because they keep having all these controversies. You know, they're bringing, they're putting people on the suspended list and taking them off. I mean, you got to like adjust your game plan every week for who's not going to be there, who's who's going to be there. I mean, yep. it's also just, easier to have controversies in a market that is covered as intent as intensely as Saskatchewan is. But when you bring it, when you beg for it, it's going to happen. Right. Right. And I mean, this is, there's got to be something. I mean, I don't know. It, it's like, you know, somebody, 
it seems to me that a team that's losing, okay, is either going to be troubled by that losing if they care, or they're losing because they're troubled already. You know, you were just talking about how you didn't believe the coaches could, could pull a game out their butts. Well, maybe they can't control their roster either. You know, maybe. And I would like, say that more than the ability to coach a football game is going to determine the fate of this coaching staff at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, this could be a really bad playoff team by the end of the year. <laughs> All right. So last game, Calgary gets the night game again. Here's the home and home. Calgary Stan Peters at Edmonton Elks. Jeez. <laughs> I'm sorry, Edmonton, but I'm really expecting more of the same. You guys might even have a halftime lead, but I don't know. I After that game, I honestly believe that Calgary is at flip the switch mode now against probably any team in this league except the Bombers. Uh, who they yeah, don't have, have to face again. I until have no the West doubts Final. in my mind right now until BC yeah. can establish their quarterback position again. They won't be able to put it on as big of, as high of a pedestal as they had it, but at least establishing that as a viable position again. Until they do that, Calgary is number Calgary is number two, and very you know they they didn't beat Winnipeg, but they beat everybody else except oh for yeah, BC but the, win for but the outstanding thing for me with the stamps now with Meyer in there is that flick the switch. I'm not sure that BC Lions flick the switch, you know, even with the quarterback of their choice. To me, they're just like always on, <laughs> you know, but, but that third quarter to me in this last week for the Stamps spoke volumes. I mean, again, like, like everything can click. It's almost like they will it to, you know, and, and so that's their outstanding feature. And if that's back, Edmonton doesn't stand a chance in this game. No, Edmonton's in next year land already. They're making trades based off of yeah. what they're going to do next year. Yeah. So they're next year land. They're not going to catch Saskatchewan. They're not going to catch. And if they don't catch Saskatchewan, whatever their record is over whatever the Eastern team's record is academic anyway. So. Right, 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 right. Yep. Okay. Fair and enough. They've recognized that they're making. They're making this the rest of the season an extended preseason for 2023. Not that they have it from the start, but even more so now with the trades they've made recently. All right. That will wrap the show for this week. You got any last words of wisdom, Joe? I love doing this to you. You love doing this to me. Yeah. Well, we, we still got a couple months before the playoffs. We know who the top two teams in the league are question is going to be how does everybody below them at stack up right i'm oz davis for the rouge white blue cfl podcast and my co-host joe pritchard we are out of here talk to you next week enjoy the games go owls please thanks for listening find more great shows like this at cf pod network on twitter <laughs>